Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Good, sir. I am 50% better than last time we spoke because I am 50% done with my impending descent. And I guess complete descent will be a finished bottle and just like sleep. <laughs> is that your plan for the rest of the day? <laughs> uh, maybe. My plan is to, because I can see a picture of Gary Vaynerchuk in the sidebar in our chat, uh, hashtag hustle crush it until I fall asleep tonight, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I have a lot oh, yeah. of things that I want to do. <laughs> I'm very excited and I'm very hyped up on caffeine and uh, I'm very uh, overburdened, but in like a motivated way. I haven't reached despair yet. We'll see if I get there. (laughs) I feel like you're in the mindset when someone's like, have you ever heard of the word priority? And you're like, no, but I've heard of priority. Yeah, it's really funny. We've, We've literally done podcast episodes on minimalism and essentialism and why priority was a singular word until the 18th century. And now it's, we have five priorities and I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited. There's opportunities. I'm building my team trying to hold it all together. We'll see. (laughs) Seizing the shit out of it. (laughs) As that uh, typical and tacky t-shirt says carpe the fucking DM. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about today? Reading books. There it is. (laughs) <laughs> well well yeah yeah we're talking about reading books but um something has been like ever so slowly but but accelerating happening where um the money is becoming less useful and knowledge is becoming ever more important and uh i think like we're at this point where knowledge uh like compounds and is more value like compounds faster and is more valuable than money. And I kind of want to talk about that okay. and uh, the things you could do to to work. So on that. you mentioned this in our, I believe it was the future of work episode. I think you said that exact mm-hmm. same thing. It's becoming the uh, the case that knowledge is more valuable and more powerful than money. I don't quite understand what you mean by that because. I would imagine that knowledge is what leads to money. And so it was always more valuable than money. So what do you mean by this? So there's this uh, concept and it's called uh, rapid demonetization. And it essentially means that the things that you are buying today and and the latest technology and whatever uh, is, is going to cost ever less into the future. And um, there, there are a few examples uh, for example, transportation we talked about in the future of work. And the, the gist of it is that, uh, you know, quote unquote, cars a service will be five to 10 times cheaper than owning a car. And like literally the poorest people on earth will be chauffeured around by robots. <laughs> That's like, that was like okay. the gist. Um, and I don't know if you know, but uh, in the past century, the cost of food has dropped 13 fold. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're now working on all of these solar panels and, and um, there turns out 5,000 times more energy hits the Earth's surface from the sun in an hour than all of humanity uses in a year. In um, all of humanity uses in solar energy or just like energy in general? In, no, in, in 
energy in energy in a year. So in one hour, 5,000 times more energy hits the Earth, Earth's surface from the sun than all of humanity uses in a year. And uh, we are working, we're working frantically on, you know, improving the efficiency of solar panels, reducing the cost. And I think that if you were to like drag the time bar out into the extreme future, you could imagine a point where, you know, all or the vast majority of power comes from solar and is essentially. That would be amazing. So I mean, isn't that the biggest thing? Like we always talk about peak oil and how eventually, hmm. you know, if we continue to rely on fossil fuels, there's going to come a point where we can't produce enough to meet the growing demand. So I never knew that it was 5,000 times what we use. So we're basically like it's solar insane. panels are just like not efficient. Efficient okay. at all right now. I mean, like they are mo- they're cost effectively efficient now, which is why they're being deployed. Yeah. But like nowhere near what they need to be because it takes energy to produce. Okay. Them. It'd be um, sweet like to see a future where like the wall of like every building is a solar panel and then like the roof is a green roof. Yeah, like maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, the the uh, the street that cars drive on or uh, who knows what the future mm-hmm. will be. And and so so another one um, is education. Uh, this podcast is a perfect example and there, there are thousands or tens of thousands of others. There are sites like Skillshare, Treehouse, Khan Academy. You can get high quality education for free yeah. or near free. And uh, so this whole like ivory tower, hundred thousand you know, a year college thing is quickly becoming um, uh, whatever they call it in Silicon Obsolete. Valley. Disrupted. Oh, disrupts it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they call it in Silicon Valley when it's not worth as much anymore. Yeah. And so, the, uh, you know, and like the this one uh, like really impactful example for me is um, your $900,000 cell phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that uh, s- some crazy person that wasn't me, although I am crazy, uh, did did the research on the technology that's in your cell phone and the value of it when it was released. So um, video conferencing was $250,000 in 1982. GPS was $120,000. Mm. Uh, and there's like a litany of things like, you know, with CD player. Yeah. Uh, dictionary, like all this video game console, it's like all in there in this cell phone. And so, what used to cost nine hundred thousand dollars now, maybe if you're a baller, costs a thousand dollars because you have the iPhone. And apps. it's in your pocket. So, so, which is yeah, and it's in your pocket. Yeah. And so, what what is happening is that uh, the cost of things, food will become ever cheaper, energy, transportation, and there there are housing. There's so many more like as you know, materials are built through 3D printers, whatever. Everything will just cost so much less. So in some future, and who knows what the year is, uh, you may not need that much money to have an extremely high quality of mm-hmm. living. And then so what like what sets you apart? Like what what makes you employed? Uh, I don't know, what what determines all of whatever when money is not there or as important. Yeah. And it's knowledge. Well, I guess so the the way that I would explain this in a little more detail, um, as we have rapid demonetization, which is typically caused by number one, improvements in manufacturing, but uh, number two, automation, hmm. AI, AI yeah. that kind of stuff, um, physical labor, 
is going to become a deprioritized thing. It's going to become less and less valuable. And any kind of job where your role is to execute on the same process or the same list of tasks for years on end is going to become less and less valuable as well. So maybe back in the 60s, you could be um, like, a, I don't know if, the, if COBOL existed in the 60s or 70s, but you know there are people who spend 20-year careers programming in just COBOL or Fortran, and they could get mm-hmm. by on that. I don't think that you can get by for 20 years coding in the same language these days or, or just making tweaks to the same firewall software or whatever job you do because there's going to be some process that automates it or disrupts it. So I think what you're trying to say is the ability to learn new skills quickly, to integrate new abilities into your skill set, um, and to put it the way that Cal Newport puts it in Deep Work, the ability to work and interface with highly complex information systems is what's becoming very valuable. Yeah, and, and I think if you picture it in terms of like a ladder where you know you have someone like, I don't know, Bill Gates, who reads like a million hours a day and uh, does like all this stuff. And he's like at the top of the ladder because he's literally like at the forefront of job creation or is slash creating new jobs. And then you have someone who is digging ditches at like the very bottom where it's it's not that ditches don't need to be dug, but that is something that is easily automatable in probably the near future. And so – your, your goal is to kind of move like and, and what happens is so the bottom of the ladder is constantly being chopped off. Mm-hmm. It's not like the ladder is moving up. The bottom is being chopped and people are adding rungs to the top. And so you are either climbing that ladder faster than the bottom is being chopped off or like you have become like uh, n- not of use in, in the economy. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't have and, UBI or anything like that. So, right, and and so there's there's this interesting thing. Like what, when I was researching um, this, there there are currently six million job openings in the U.S. So six million spots to go and earn money, and there are six point six million unemployed people. Mm. And if you just looked at the numbers on the face, you might be like. There's clearly a job placement problem. Like if you could just get the people who are unemployed to the jobs that are open, they would be virtually no unemployment. Right. But the problem is the vast majority of these jobs are far beyond the qualifications of the people who are currently unemployed. Yeah. And like therein lies the problem. Like, like the problem that has kind of plagued the U.S. And, and, and the world and will only further play out is the this, like, lack of everyone moving up the ladder. Mm-hmm. So how do people move up the ladder? Obviously, like, the, <laughs> the easy answer is more schooling, right? Go to mm. college. But as you said just, like, five minutes ago in this episode, we're getting to the point where there are so many high-quality sources of education – that you don't necessarily have to. Look, uh, we're, we're something like 10 minutes into a personal finance podcast titled Re- Relatively Knowledge is More Valuable Than Money. So if you are hearing my voice right now, you're, you're pretty much self-selected as someone 
who is at least willing to self-learn. It's true. Yeah. And, and interested in moving up the ladder. And so I, I think like the, the one, like step one is to kind of uh, get people to be interested in learning. Mm -hmm. But then like once you're here and, and you are here, um, th there are certain things that there's like a certain process that just a lot of successful people have followed um, that, that I think that we could all learn from. And uh, it, it's called uh, the five hour rule. Okay. And whether it's, you know, from Benjamin Franklin to Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Oprah Winfrey, there's a ton of people. Um, they, they have made room at least at least one hour in, in their work day, you know, five days a week to read something that that is knowledge focused. Mm. And that, that's like the five hour thing. So, so five, five hours days a, a week. week. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that like you don't read, um, you know, Terry Brooks or about elves or, you know, Harry Potter, like, de like definitely read things, mm -hmm. but you should be dedicating an hour a work day towards growing your, your intelligence. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and so I guess another way to say that is all reading is not equal. So yes, go read your Terry Brooks or read your Brandon Sanderson, but also make time for nonfiction. I think the way Martin does it is in the morning, he reads nonfiction as part of his morning routine. And then in the evening, he'll read fiction as like a kind of relaxing wind down to the day. Mm. Or so I guess one thing that I'll say here, uh, and this isn't going to be applicable to every single thing because a lot of times you need quiet study time to really focus on what you're reading. But say you're the kind of person who has uh, two hours of commuting per day, plus your eight hour work day, maybe even nine hours. You got to come home. You got to cook and clean. There's no time left over, you know, and, and I'm a big advocate for exercise. So I'm, I want you to be exercising too. Yeah. I find myself in a situation where I have a lot of projects going on right now and there's actually very little time for me to read and also get in good writing. It's, it's kind of like an either or, and I've selected writing, mm. but I'm also walking a lot. I'm also exercising a lot or cooking a lot. So for me, I listen to my books, but mm. I still am trying to pick knowledge increasing books. So right now I want to be, I want to buy a house in the next year or so. So I'm listening to home buying for dummies on <laughs> audible and I will probably buy an electronic or print version of the book at some point and go through it and like highlight all the important that, things. But right now, like listening to it is a way for me to prime my brain, get it in there at least once while that I'm doing is, other things. That is a really good point. Um, this episode is not sponsored by audible, but <laughs> I, I have personally used audible, uh, uh essentialism, like change my life, mm -hmm. you know, audiobook. uh, the tax-free uh, wealth was the whole rental property thing. I, I listened to that audiobook from Tom Wheelwright, and I, I like foamed at the mouth yeah. over that. Hence, last year's huge rental property, whatever. <laughs> uh, you were like so into rental properties last year. Yeah, or I, it was maybe even like before. I mean, I don't know. Or, or I, I think 2016. That, who even we're knows? Getting I'm old, so old. Yeah, I. So I think like to. To be step one, you know, and I, I think it's a good point that like whether it's audio or reading, you know, to to absorb knowledge mm -hmm. uh, is extremely important. Um, 
you know, and if you look at someone like Warren Buffett, I think he spe- he says he spends like now like about eighty percent of his workday just reading. Yep. <laughs> and obviously he's he's at the spot in his life that he could totally do that. Mm-hmm. But like that's step one. And so like like you said during commute, maybe prepare some stuff. Yeah. So you're not listening to, you know, Fox and Friends. On, I guess they don't do a radio show. I don't know. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, the point remains. I think a good way to, to phrase this is, you know, you're going to get into a career and you have a few choices for what to do with your income. Obviously, there's going to be some fixed expenses. You've got debt to pay off. you got to pay those bills. Uh, maybe you want to accelerate that debt, debt payoff as well. If that is something you should do. You got rent and groceries, but with your discretionary income, you have the option to either use it on upgrading your lifestyle, which you could do by buying a nicer place to live or buying cool things that are fun, or you could use some of that to start carving out time for yourself to, um, to accelerate things. So Warren Buffett Mm. is at the point where he has so much money He's able to build a lifestyle where there is time for acceleration via the acquisition of new knowledge. You know, so maybe you use some of that time to do that for yourself. Yeah. And I think like what happens. Or, well, OK, so maybe, maybe like the first thing is like, well, that's like well and good, Thomas. But like, what what do I learn? You know, like I don't yeah. I'm like could be learning the wrong thing or wasting my time. And I guess. uh it actually doesn't matter because nope. this whole um, process is like this self-reinforcing process where uh, like, did I know like 10 years ago I was going to be a podcast? Host? I didn't even know like, <laughs> fi- I didn't know what I was doing. Listen, Marty Matters. What I started Listen, Marty Matters. There's no idea it was a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think like, uh, nor did I know that I was going to be a data engineer before I went to school, after school, or even in, in the middle of my career. But you kind of follow what interests you and yeah. you only know what interests you by trying um, or or by ideas that you have as a result of just trying random things. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess it's like uh, these things. I, I feel like anything that has ever worked in my life like what like when it's working I'm like oh my god this is the culmination of everything that I'm good at mm-hmm. all my pieces somehow I got so lucky but I think it was actually the reverse where you were just I was just building these random pieces of knowledge mm-hmm. never like to some expert level like I was never an expert web developer or any of these things but yeah. then like uh you want to I, I put the puzzle together and you kind of know where some of the pieces are and so you feel like you're a little further along in the process and like because you learned how to learn like as you're kind of going through the process you're learning yeah skill development is a skill in itself knowing how to learn yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i've kind of learned how to just like quickly pick things up at this point or like how to build a database of resources how to make shortcuts to things so any new skill i'm learning You know, there's a lot of little tricks that you pick up through anything that you're doing. Um, That being said, like we say learn anything you want. And, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe we can talk about some of the things that we're learning. But if you have something in mind that you would like to do in the future, then you should be going for that in your free time. Mm. I've got a friend who really wants to be a game developer. So 
I'm like, all right, well, go get yourself a course on Udemy.com. There's the, uh, what's the engine? Uh, un, uh, Unity. The one There's that like a like whole... Carmine made? The uh, who? Uh, Carmine? Is that the guy who made Doom? Car- Carmack? Oh, John Carmack. John Carmack, yeah. Did he make Unreal? Or... Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, you, can, you can code in Unreal. Um, Unity's, Unity and Unreal are both very popular. And oh, yeah. if you want to, I don't know the difference between them. I was pretending I've like I knew that, things, but you know. Yeah, I've heard maybe <laughs> Unity is more easy or is easier. But in any other case, there are always courses on sale at mm-hmm. Udemy for Unity and for Unreal and any other game development thing you could think of. And not just Udemy, that's just where we happen to Google. It's like 15 bucks for a 10-hour course that teaches you all the basics. I actually bought it once, so I have it sitting on my computer, and you can teach yourself all that. And maybe you're not going to get a job in game development like next week because of it, but you're probably going to build a game. And then when you build a game, you're going to start thinking, oh, I really want to have music in my game, but how do I do that? Well, I could pay somebody $100 to make some background music, or I could download Fruity Loops and teach myself how to make Figure some music. It out. And there's another little project, and then you're going to be like, how do I make art for my game? Oh, I need to get this program called Affinity Photo and then learn how to draw. Okay. You know, know, it's so interesting because it's like uh, almost everything that I've learned in my life has been a complete waste. Like the last time I used trigonometry was never like the last (laughs) time that I used calculus. Like, God help me. Never. Like, are you telling me you don't whip out sines, cosines and tangents when you're calculating (laughs) the tip on a bill? (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, like. Um, and, and not to like super, uh, go in, into the weeds, but like people are like, well, you got to follow your passion. But I think that like inadvertently from just learning all this inane, worthless, essentially worthless stuff, like mm-hmm. you don't find your passion, like your passion finds you or you stumble into something that you are kind of good at. And yeah. what more to, to be passionate about than something you're good at? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what breeds passion is being good at something. And and to go back to Cal Newport, uh, he has a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You, which is all about this topic. It's why this quest for for passion, quote unquote, is misguided and why you should simply um, aim to learn skills and get good at things. They do all these surveys of uh, satisfaction in companies for the employees. And mm-hmm. what it comes down to is having some amount of autonomy. So feeling like Uh, You have the ability to make decisions for yourself, that you have some control over everything, that you're not just a cog in a machine. Um, The feeling that what you're doing makes an impact. So if you feel like the work that you do every day actually benefits people and makes a change, uh, that's going to make you very satisfied with your work. And then the third element was uh, competence. So if you feel good at what you do, you feel like you're skilled, you've got some abilities beyond the normal then you're going to feel very good about your work. So if you can find something where you tick all three of those boxes, you've got some autonomy, you're making an impact and you're good at what you do. It's very likely that that's going to become something that you are passionate about, or at least very much enjoy doing and find fulfilling. Mm. And it, it could be accounting. It yeah. could be running a soup kitchen. And you know, if you're 17 right now and all you want to do is, uh, you know, be Gary Vaynerchuk or be a musically star or be a vlogger or something like you might be looking at things like running a soup kitchen or being an accountant as something like the most boring thing in the world. But a few years down the line, you get some skills. You may start to have your perspective change and realize this is actually pretty fulfilling. 
you and know, it's not and the if the only thing I do, if, but, if you're good at it and then yeah. people come to you for help and, and then you have ideas and you can improve on what you, and like the, I, and I think the fulfillment comes from like that, the challenge and beating mm-hmm. the challenge because like just sitting on a couch watching Netflix while I guess enjoyable is not fulfilling. And oftentimes yeah. you probably feel like more anxiety or whatever when you're doing stuff like that. Did you ever play um, RTS games? Dude, I love real-time strategy. Love them. Yeah. So like Age of Empires 2, Empire oh Earth, my God. Kind of Age of, I loved Age of Empires 2 because you could build walls. I am such... Mm, uh, yep. I want to slowly develop my technology, so I always need to focus mm. on my walls to keep yep. enemies out. <laughs> You're a turtle player. Yeah. I think turtling is usually not a good strategy. You usually like, lose in online. You'll get overrun. Yeah. Uh, but it's... I like to turtle. It's my favorite. And my favorite RTS of all time is Total Annihilation. But in all of these games, there's the fog of war, right? Mm. So you start in one little tiny blip of the map and you can see maybe 20 feet in any direction. So maybe you can see there's like a, a quarry that you can go mine and there's a, a little patch of grass where you can make a field. But everything else is totally blank. I think that that's a good analogy for you and what you think you would enjoy doing when you're young. Mm. Because all you can see is maybe you can see vloggers who look like they have an amazing life or NBA stars. I, I wanted to be an NBA player when I was a kid. That was like the, I knew I was going to be an NBA player <laughs> and I'm decent at basketball, but uh, not good enough to be in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and the, you know, you start doing stuff and you're like, I actually enjoy this and this. And you're kind of clearing that fog of war. So, so you have like the learning piece. And I think that we've talked about um, like practice, you know, back from like when you first came on the podcast, just like, mm. I mean, if you follow Thomas on Instagram, you should, cause he's always doing like weird ass shit. Like, I don't know, <laughs> learning the guitar. Or I, what was, you just had another video. You Did I tell you what I was doing today? No, what? I, I want to put this on Instagram because it's so stupid. Hmm. I have this balance trainer board. That's like a board that's on top of a rolling thing. Right. So like, I'll get on that and practice balance, but then I'm also reading. <laughs> it's like the most like stupid looking productivity guru thing you can imagine, but I actually enjoy doing it. That's awesome. <laughs> but so, so the, the point is like, um, you know, you're always like practicing things. I remember you were like playing the guitar. You didn't know how to play the guitar. You're kind of like teaching mm-hmm. yourself. And so we, we know like you got, you got to like learn and just kind of explore. You have to practice and, I think the one thing that uh, maybe is not talked about enough or is underappreciated is is ruminating, like just kind of like mm. like letting the things marinate in your head. And mm-hmm. uh, I Steve Jobs always he already was like quote unquote famous for like his walks. He'd always just go on walks yeah. and talk to people and like work out problems and ideas. And, uh, you know, not because of him, but because we're, we're kind of living in a walkable area. This past mm-hmm. summer, I was like walking a lot with Laura and we were like growing the business and talking and we were like solving problems, just kind of mulling it over. And I think that uh, the like where it all like where the magic happens is when you've learned all these things. Right. You've practiced some that have interested you. Maybe you stopped because you started learning something else. That's fine, whatever. But when you have actual problems and then you start to think about them, it's like you see a nail and you know that you need a hammer. 
And mm-hmm. it's it's that like the you know the, those shower aha moments. Yeah. Uh there's this concept of two modes of thinking. Mm. So there's the focused mode where you're laser focused on the problem, you're actively working on it. And then that's going to be very concentrated in the prefrontal cortex. And then uh, there's what's called the diffused mode. So this is when you kind of step away from the problem, ruminate, as you say, go for a walk, do something. And there's a really great book called Mind for Numbers by a, a PhD named Barbara Oakley. And she talks about how you can kind of visualize it as if you had a pinball machine and in the focus mode, all the bumpers are like super clustered together. So you shoot the ball and it gets stuck in there and it's like stuck at one part of the table. And by contrast, the diffuse mode is a pinball table. There's a little more open and airy and there's bumpers all over the place, Mm. but they've got some gaps. So you're allowing that ball to go all over the place. And what that does is that allows you to essentially background process what you've learned, any problems you might be stuck on using all of your brain Hmm. in a much different way. So like you said, you're going to go for a walk and then um, an insight will come to you. Martin was telling me the other day that he was working on this algorithm that he's building for uh, like related posts on our site. And then he went and played Monster Hunter and he's played (laughs) so many hours of Monster Hunter that there are certain monsters he can fight almost like on autopilot. Right. So he just did that to relax and had insights come about how to improve the code while he was doing that. That's awesome. So uh, he started playing Monster Hunter, right? And if he had never played it before, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's an extremely hard game. I don't know. You know, and you could be like, it like is. Super Meat Boy looks like a very hard game. Uh, yes. So I would probably... St- so I've gotten to the point where it's muscle memory. Right. But like you, you had to play it enough. And I guess like I play yeah. games like that, especially one... Uh, Super Meat Boy is time-based, right? Uh, like it's, it's not like time is counting down, but it is time trially. Like you're timed on how fast you complete the level. And there's like a A plus time, oh, okay. um, threshold that you want to hit. I saw everything I, like that. again, not, not to like really promote your Instagram inadvertently, but I saw you had like, you were in super meat boy and like something was circling you and, Oh yeah, I got <laughs> to, yeah, there's a level where missiles come after you and I had somehow made it circle a platform while I just stood so, there. So I thought it was like a time-based thing. So maybe I would like mm-hmm. it, but there are like games where it's like you have to complete this in three and a half minutes. And I just get like anxiety. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Um, but like the, it's not like that, <laughs> which, which maybe I'd like it. But I guess the thing is, like, you have to um, try things. So like mm-hmm. you're, you're learning the guitar and maybe you watched a video or, you know, um, someone explains something to you and. And then you go and, and you do exactly what they did because they showed you exactly mm-hmm. and you were able to do it because you know. And then you listen to, I don't know, like Dragon Force and they have like wicked guitar riff. And you're <laughs> like, I could do that. And you try and you just fail terribly because it's so hard. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's like, you know, if, if like you're having like the witch's stew of all the things, like that last piece of like the running small experiments is so important to kind of yeah. putting it all together because just because you know the thing doesn't mean you really know the thing until you've done the thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I like the small experiments methodology here. So to put this in perspective, a lot of people, let's take this friend of mine who wants to be a game developer. 
he has like this grand vision in his head of this amazing game. And because he, you know, he plays all the newest games, it's obviously like amazing graphics an amazing score. It's freaking triple a game. It's going to be the coolest thing ever, but then he never gets it done because it's too daunting and you never actually realize a finished product because right now you don't have the skills to execute on your vision. Um, there's like this Ira Glass quote about like there's a gap between your taste and oh your ability. Oh my god, this is like my favorite creation of yours. Oh yeah, the my like, least popular video that you love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he essentially says like there, there's a gap, you know, if you're an artist or any kind of like creator, you have good taste. That's why you create because you see good things in the world. You want to make those. Mm. But when you're a beginner, you're, you have a gap between that and what you're actually able to do. And the only way you close that gap is by doing like a huge amount of work and having a lot of at bats. But if you constantly have this grand vision in your head and you never actually like finish something because you can't meet that vision, you're likely to burn out and never finish it. Now I will admit there, there are some people out there who through sheer force of will go from ground zero to realizing some amazing piece of art while never doing anything in between. Uh, the guy who made Stardew Valley is a very good example of that. He had never made a game before. And then he went and made the most successful farming simulator of all time. That's like the top selling game on the switch mm. and it's made him a millionaire. But most people aren't like that. So it's unfair to compare yourself to these people that you read, these one in a million. Right. Yeah, they are one in a millions. And I think much more common are people who do little experiments, do things with a small scope. There was this woman who did a, a project where she built a new website every day for, I think, 80 days. Wow. And I don't remember what the website is, but, you know, every single one of them was really small. Wasn't like a crazy, amazing website. But like on day one, she's like, OK, I learned the H1 tag. I can make a header. And then on like day 50, she taught herself how to do the HTML5 media player to play music. And it's just like a, a crappy looking page that has nothing but a media player on it. But after 80 days, she has 80 websites, every one of them representing a new skill in her tool, ba- uh, tool belt. And now she can go make something amazing because she's built that a, a set of abilities. So, yeah, small experiments. And I think it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you could look to this, you know, because you, you hear these stories. Like, so she did like 80 sites. And you're like, well, that's a lot of work. I don't have time for that. And I, I can't. I won't. Whatever. But like that is, it's it's like unfair to look there. You just kind of have to put in that one hour a day and just mm-hmm. like start walking and don't know where you're go, yeah. like where you're going and just kind of like let it materialize. Like we, uh, oh, so Laura and I had, uh, we've been watching The Bachelor, you know, <laughs> wah, wah. we were watching the bachelor I've, I've watched a bunch of that with you guys we, we were um <laughs> uh watching it uh i want to say like two or so years ago and and we did like the bachelor mm-hmm. pool because it makes like more fun so we could like oh do you yeah, bet so on we could which bet. girl he's gonna so get what with we did is like um if i win you do you, you this and if you win i mm-hmm. this and so uh she so it wasn't it wasn't money, money because we, we share money okay. so and whatever so so we share money so yeah. it wound up being uh she won and I couldn't play video games for thirty days and I didn't know what to do with myself mm. and then I built simple wealth because I I just was bored I had to do something 
And like, yeah. it's not like every time things like that happen. There were, there were the other thousand times that I didn't play video games for a month and I just did dumb shit. But, you know, if you allow yourself like the opportunity to, you know, ruminate or learn some inane thing and, and not, you know, I love mm-hmm. quartz, you know, QZ.com. I don't know if that's yeah. the learning per se. You have to maybe go a bit deeper. What reading yeah. it, you mean? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's a time and place for individual mm, articles, like news and, but yeah, uh, but those are shallow sources. Mm. So, and I, you know, a lot of people think they can just like in our industry, for example, they can learn everything they need to know by reading a bunch of blogs. If I read smart passive income, if I read, I will teach you to be rich. If I read, I don't even know anymore who's in that game, but if I read all their articles, I'm going to build an amazing business. And, and you, you might, but a lot of times, like, uh, you know, a 2000 word article doesn't go in deep enough to really give you certain insights you're going to need. Whereas if you read a book or you take a full course or you take on a huge independent learning project, that is, you know, this grand orchestration that requires a ton of intense coordinated learning, you're going to learn things that you just can't learn through, you know, small time exposure to mm-hmm. articles. And this isn't me knocking writing or uh, reading articles because I do it every single Same. day and I have a pocket account and everything, but it, it's not a replacement for books. Just like uh, services like Blinkist that summarize books, I think you know they can be useful in certain cases, but they're not a replacement for reading books. For one, if you're always reading shallow things like that where you can finish it in 15 minutes, then you're not actually building the ability to focus long term. And if you well, okay, yeah. so no, I absolutely agree with you, and I, I guess the thing is, uh, I don't fancy myself a writer, and you know, I've written things mm-hmm. that that have been decent, or people say whatever. It, it is, I find it a lot of work and challenging, but um, I just wind up always having to write emails that require a lot of thought. You know, mm-hmm. I have to say something, perhaps it's negative to someone, but I don't want it to be perceived that way, you know, and then it's you, you want some, blah blah blah. Um, you, you like, you're not like born able to do that. And I I attribute a lot of that to essentially, you know, Blinkist removes that part of like the learning experience where you could be reading Mm -hmm. something and the, the wordiness, the way that they, or the, the lack of wordiness, the way they convey information, because the person who is writing that book, um, is, is knowledgeable on that subject clearly driven, yeah. intelligent, whatever. And so there is perhaps some value into reading it in its entirety to get, you know, the perspective of that brain. And so mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I read all these random things and inadvertently it's helped me build my skill in writing emails. A thing that I hate, but being good at emails has worked out really well for me. You know, so it's like, you don't know yeah. how you will apply what you learn. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm not saying that things like Blinkist or summarization or blog articles mm. are useless. I think they have their uses. Uh, like say you have a lot of books you want to read and you don't know where to start. Maybe a tool like Blinkist or a book review site. Uh, Derek Sivers has a really great note section on his site with tons of books would be a good way to like vet the books right, that you right. want to read or maybe prime your brain for them. It's why we do book review or, uh, episodes on my other podcast, but you're right that you have to spend some time really immersed in a full book to get those 
mental focus benefits that reading a full book give you. And, you know, so, so yeah. And, it, and it's just also like giving yourself like a chance and some space to mm-hmm. n- like, like no deadline on like, well, I want to create a business and do this, or I want to switch careers by this date, you know, and, and it's important to have goals, but if you just seek knowledge, um, I, I think that, yeah. that you will get there eventually. So mm-hmm. a roundabout way, like it is super, super important that you develop the habit of, of reading, you know, ruminating, te- like testing the things you learn, trying stuff out. Mm-hmm. Because um, maybe you have a fair amount of money now. Maybe your salary is good. You could buy all the things in the future. All the things may cost almost nothing. And it may be uh, a world led by people who are reading when you are buying. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to recap here or to you know give some calls to action, make an hour a day or half an hour a day to learn something useful. Uh, and ideally to immerse yourself into some project that requires you to expend effort and try things. Uh, I can, I can see a little plant in your background, mm. Andrew. Yeah. A little money tree. <laughs> so I just, I bought a money tree of my own. I didn't actually know you had one. So now we both have money <laughs> trees, which I think is hilarious for money podcasters to own. And I didn't buy it because of a money podcast, but I bought it because I felt that it would be cool to have a house plant. And then I realized like, Oh, I have to learn now how to take care mm. of a house plant. So like there was a bunch of reading I had to go do. Like, how do you take care of this species? Is it toxic to cats? When do I water it? What the heck is fertilizer? Oh, I'm supposed to turn it every week. Like that's a new skill and it's not super related to my business, but it's still building that learning muscle. So find something you're interested in. It doesn't have to be related to your career. It could be house plants. It could be cooking. It could be basketball. It could be whatever it is. But spend some time learning every day. And if you don't have time, listen, you know, use your downtime while you're driving or while you're doing things that are basically muscle memory to listen to audiobooks or listen to other educational podcasts and then uh, do experiments, you know, take on challenges and and do things that have a, a somewhat restricted time scale so you can see a finished product, even if it's tiny. Within a short amount of time. I have time. to rotate my money tree. Thank you for that tip. <laughs> <laughs> I did, did not. not I mean, sometimes we inadvertently rotated it because whatever. But uh, I, I, I have like this like weird mental correlation with this doing successful and my my real money tree and doing, you successful, doing successful. So I'm rotating the hell out of this. Well, if you don't rotate it, it's it's not going to like die. It just won't. It'll, it'll start growing towards mm. the sun, apparently. So it'll be kind of oh, okay. slanted. And when I bought mine, it was kind of slanted. So I have mine tilted the opposite way to hopefully kind of balance it out. Anyway, uh, as always, show notes for this episode. We'll have extra detail. We'll have some links to some of like the the demonetization graph I can see here. There's some cool stuff about how like the price of food has gone down. And we'll also have links to some of the educational platforms that we mentioned in this episode. So check those out. You can tap our faces on Apple podcast to bring up the show notes or go over to our recently redesigned website, listenmoneymatters.com slash show to find show notes for every episode. And you can also find our favorite resources for learning, for investing better, for budgeting your money and books that we recommend. If you want to spend some of that learning time increasing your financial knowledge at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So 
check that out. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Later, dude. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. Thank <laughs> you.